United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Yesterday at the State Department, more condemnation of what Russia has been doing with Ukraine. And the United States is looking to European allies for increasing the pressure on Moscow. Here is the uh, State Department spokesperson, Heather Nard. That is something that's enshrined in our national security strategy, encouraging other countries to help one another around the world so that the United States isn't completely, I don't want to say shouldering the burden, but so the United States isn't handling these issues chiefly alone. William B. Taylor with the U.S. Institute of Peace is the executive vice president. He is the former ambassador to Ukraine and, by the way, has just returned from the region and is joining us this morning for more perspective on this latest development. The Twitter handle is at USIP. Bill Taylor, welcome back. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Tim. It's good to be back. What did you uh, when were you there? I got back uh, the day before Thanksgiving. So uh, last week. So right before this actual incident took place, correct? That is correct. Um, when I got back here, it started to unfold. All right. What is your interpretation of this? What is it, and this, it seems to me, is intentional on the part of Russia by most accounts, and does it go all the way to Vladimir Putin? What is your interpretation of what we saw take place last weekend? As in most uh, dictatorships and autocracies, uh, big decisions, even smaller decisions, are made at the top. We've had several examples of that uh, uh, recently. So there's no doubt in my mind that uh, that the president, uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, knew what was going on, um, had given the general guidance uh, that uh, that these actions were to take place. All right. So it's the Sea of Azov, uh, the Kerch Strait. Explain to us how important this waterway is. Is this an unusual place for ships to be? What, what do we need to know about that? Right. So... Uh, Picture the Black Sea. Uh, there's a peninsula that sticks into the Black Sea from Ukraine. It's part of Ukraine. It's called Crimea. Um, and as we know, the Russians have invaded Crimea because the Russian mainland is right across the Kerch Strait from Crimea. So Crimea is a, is a peninsula. The easternmost tip is a place called Kerch. Turns out it's an old ruined Greek colony there from many <laughs> centuries and centuries ago. Um, and it is a strategic uh, uh, strait. Uh, waterway because the Black Sea goes through then uh, the Kerch Strait into the Sea of Azov. And, and Russia has part of the Sea of Azov and Ukraine has, uh, has uh, ports on the Sea of Azov, including Mariupol, one of the most important ones for Ukraine. So commercial ships go th- from the Black Sea through the Kerch Strait into the Sea of Azov. Um, uh, to Mariupol and other Russian uh, ports as well. And that's been fine. And the Russians and the Ukrainians have worked out since 2003 um, how those ships um, of all kinds and of all nationalities can go through there. And so that had not been a problem until this past weekend. We do have a developing story on this, developing that is Kurt Volker, who was U.S. Special Envoy for Ukraine, says that Washington sees no reason to doubt information from Kiev that its vessels were operating in line with international maritime rules. I guess there was no real doubt in the first place, but now he has just confirmed that, correct? And Ambassador Volker is a very close observer of all things having to do with Ukraine and having to do with Russia as it applies to Donbass, where Kurt has been, Ambassador Volker has been 
trying to negotiate uh, uh, to get the Russians to leave Ukraine. Again, as at the same time in 2014, when they tried to illegally annex uh, Crimea, they also sent their troops and special forces and security services into southeastern part of Ukraine called Donbass. And Ambassador Volker has been focused on that uh, uh, that issue to try to get the Russians out. So he he follows this very closely. William B. Taylor with us, uh, former ambassador to Ukraine, U.S. Institute of Peace Executive Vice President. Bill, I also note that we said in the beginning that the United States has been trying to ask for some support from European allies. The European Union today also insisting that Russia restore freedom of passage in that disputed Kirk Strait between Russia and Crimea to guarantee eastern Ukraine a sea opening into the Black Sea and beyond. I guess the question is, what measures should the United States and or the European Union and other countries take in order to pressure Russia into taking action to ease off on Ukraine? Exactly. And, and you said it exactly right, Tim. That is, the, the Americans and the Europeans need to work jointly, work together in a coordinated fashion to do a couple of things. One is on the economic side. Um, they clearly need to raise the sanctions above where they now are, so uh, impose additional sanctions for this additional uh, action that the Russians have taken. Um, the Russians now have dropped all pretense about their their hostility and their military action against Ukraine. Now they have under under Russian flag they've attacked Ukraine. So the the Europeans and the Americans we ought to jointly put on additional sanctions. One way to do this is through this pipeline that the Russians want to build uh, to Europe that goes around Ukraine, the Nord Stream two. That would be a, a good target. Uh, uh, but that's but that's not uh, it. What we should also do is take military action uh, in the form of additional armaments for Ukraine. Uh, surface-to-ship missiles are would be in order. More PT boats for the Ukrainian Navy. Uh, ra- radar uh, for maritime uh, observation uh, would be important. And joint exercises with NATO uh, and Ukraine um, and obviously European partners. Uh, Bill, I have a quote from, let's give a listen to Senator Jeff Merkley. He's a Democrat from Oregon. He's also a member of the Foreign Relations Committee yesterday, the upcoming G20. He says the president and President Putin should not be meeting. I don't think he should meet one-on-one, and it's it's a list of reasons. First, he's under investigation for possible collusion with the Russians. We don't know what kind of connections he has, financially, conflicts of interest. There was no transparency on his last meeting, this one-on-one meeting, where only a translator was there. We still don't know uh, what was said at that meeting. For whatever reason, uh, Bill Taylor, what do you think is the advisability of the president and President Putin meeting together? I think uh, the U.S. president should not meet the Russian president, um, irrespective of all the uh, other issues going on that uh, that the senator talked about, um, for the U.S. president to meet the Russian president, who just oversaw and undoubtedly authorized a military attack against uh, its neighbor, against the Russian neighbor, um, would be totally inappropriate. It's not to say we should cut off all contact, because we should have lower-level contact um, with, uh, with Russians, but for the U.S. president to meet the Russian president is totally inappropriate. So what do you do in a meeting when you've got the G20 and everyone is gathered around? Do you at least acknowledge and say hello, but you don't smile? Uh, I, I, <laughs> what, what is the protocol for this kind of a get-together? You don't leave. That's a very good question. And this happened in the World War I commemoration. Uh, it was notable that people did not go over to see President Putin. They had the discussions among themselves, had little clusters among themselves. Um, in previous times, people would have gone over to shake his hand. 
they didn't do that. And that's what you do. You isolate the president, if, unless, unless you actually want to disinvite him uh, for these actions. I mean, he is violating international norms, international treaties, international understandings, and, and to participate in international fora like this is inappropriate. So at, at a minimum, you don't, uh, you don't associate with him, and, and maybe you disinvite. All right. We will see how this one turns out. Uh, William B. Taylor, thank you for joining us on POTUS. I appreciate it, Bill. Thank you, Tim. That is William B. Taylor, U.S. Institute of Peace Executive Vice President, the former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, recently back from the region. His perspective on right now what is uh, considered Russian aggression against Ukraine and what should happen afterwards, including what should happen at the G20 meeting this weekend, at which Russia will be in attendance. And, of course, the United States will be in attendance. The Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.